Hello and welcome to King Hero IndyCar Podcast with Kirby and Justin. Kirby, how are you? Doing well, Justin. How about yourself? Well, I am good. Uh, Got to fly out uh, to Chicago tomorrow, presumably to uh, do business. But, uh, you know, maybe I'm on a secret mission to plot the new NASCAR road race course. Yeah. Go scout it out and tell us what you think. Kirby, um, one more race left. Sadly, it's true. It's our 30th episode this year. Really? Yeah. If you can believe that. And only 15 races. Two two episodes per race. That's a lot of content, my friend. Well, what did you think of the race yesterday? I'm going to try to say something that, uh, you know, is not a statement, a restatement of the obvious, I guess. Um, Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. But here we go. Um, right. Never discount a herda at Laguna Seca, father or son. You're you're not you're not succeeding so far. Okay. All right. Well, here's one. Do you think Brian Herda figured something out about that track, which he has been able to impart to his son that they're kind of keeping as a family secret? No, I just think his son's good and. Um... Yeah, it does well at certain tracks. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be so quick to dismiss it, Curve. I mean, Brian Hurd, he's a very competent driver, good driver, but, I mean, he was in another world at that track, if you recall, back in the day. You know, you call it coincidence if you want, but his son, again, seems to be in a little bit of a different world on that track. I, I can't imagine that whatever Brian Hurd, a senior, figured out driving those beasts of a 1990s Indy car, cart car, could uh, relate to a son today driving the current version of an Indy car. That would. That's a good point. Two different animals. Um, okay. Uh, something I didn't hear a lot of talk of is was Alexander Rossi on suicide watch after the race? No, I was. I was disappointed. Nobody really talked to anybody about that after the race. It was the only yellow flag inducing uh, incident out there, and. Um, I've not seen hardly any discussion of it anywhere. Good, clean racing incident. Rossi probably figured he wouldn't get too many chances like that one and went for it and uh, didn't work out. And Curb, you and I have attended the Monterey race together at least once, maybe a couple times, if I recall. I'm thinking a couple, yeah. And um, and I attended once kind of in the waning days of the cart as well um, on one particularly uh, uncrowded day at the track. I have to say, based on the views I saw, that race almost seemed to rival that rather uncrowded cart day, maybe even worse. Have you been able to look into that and see if the if my perception is correct? Uh, had the same views you did, and I can't uh, can't disagree with you. I'm thinking that uh, disappointed to see you don't know with California and COVID and all that stuff what's going on exactly, and maybe they weren't able to promote it very well for some reason related to the pandemic, but. Uh, but certainly seemed like uh, a disappointing crowd. Uh, you know, the, the hillside you and I used to sit on that was uh, overlooking turns one and two there, I guess, the hairpin at the start. Uh, didn't see anybody on the hill. I don't know if you did on TV. No, but nobody used, there. Used to, be a pretty, used to be a pretty popular hillside when we attended back in the 90s. was there, but it looked like the worst crowd of the year easily. Yeah, and if you remember, um, well, if you and Sake uh, kind of rested the uh, event away from Sonoma, 
I think, offering one of the highest sanction fees out there. Wondered, you know, how much longer they could continue there unless something changed. Yeah. The actual track did produce some decent passing and racing, I think. So it was entertaining from that uh, standpoint. Grosjean's uh, march to the end uh, was entertaining. Curb, um, you and I commented in the last podcast, and uh, I mean, sometimes we just, I don't know, foresee the future. I don't know if you're uh, into the uh, occult curve or into tarot cards or anything like that, but sometimes you, uh, you see it clearly. I think in this case, we both saw it a bit clearly. Uh, Romain Grosjean, <laughs> after uh, after his Portland uh, slight mistake of mistaking 300 meters or 300 feet for 300 meters, um, manages to crash the pace car. <laughs> yeah. A funny story to hear about. It wasn't uh, widely reported, I don't think. But um, Did you see the video? I didn't see the crash. No, I just saw the video they filmed in the car prior to the Oh, crash. you, you got to see the crash. Oh, is it out there? I haven't yeah. seen it. Maybe in the first practice session that uh, at the beginning of the Peacock that they that they did it. But oh, oh, they actually showed it on Peacock? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. He went, yeah, he went into the pin entrance and, and turned left. Yeah. He went straight in, dude. <laughs> straight in. And... And the best part of the video is not that because it's just, yeah, like it's a car crashing. It's seeing those two knuckleheads get out of it. Apparently, the airbags went off and everything. And they just kind of got out of the car and started running away from it. <laughs> like, you know, like a couple of teenagers that just wrecked the car and <laughs> wanted to get away. That's the way it looked like. It was comedy. Honda's at least claiming that uh, the brakes failed in some way. Could be, could be a face-saving statement for them. I don't know. But uh but getting back to Grosjean, I, I just think, you know, after predicting in Portland that he was struggling and that it might be a really dangerous RV ride down to um, Monterey Peninsula, um, it, it indeed was. Um, I'm not sure I'm getting a passenger car with uh, old Roman anytime soon. Curb, moving on, the schedule uh, was also announced uh, this weekend. I guess there's not su- too much to say about the new schedule. Uh, we pick up one new race, Iowa, I guess. One new old race, I guess, is the way to to say it. You know, other than that, I don't know. I, I'm I'm finding myself, uh, yeah, like that's fine. It's fine, as my mom was always, you know, that's what she always loves to say when, often when it's not fine, <laughs> that it's fine. Well, she still does, I'm sure. Um, yes. You know, I, I think um, if if you haven't figured it out yet, you have to agree that it's great that they got 14 races on NBC. Just ask them. Uh, for the series, I would think it would be a positive for anybody that's trying to sell uh, sponsorships. One overriding comment I would have is that I'd like to see more races. I, I know Roger Pedsky has a very different view of that. But I, for one, would like to see you know a good 20-race season. Secondly, again, I, I, I don't know why you swapped the doubleheader in Iowa for Detroit. Your feelings? It's speculated that, that the NBC contract calls for 17 races and no more. And if that's the case, then if you're adding two races at Iowa, then uh, something's got to go. Since Roger Penske controls the uh, race at Detroit, perhaps it was the easiest one to make go away. Worldwide Technology Raceway, the race at Gateway, which has been the golden child for the last 
since it uh, emerged on the schedule, um, gets relegated to USA Network as well, which I thought was interesting. Worldwide Technology Raceway getting a NASCAR race next year. Yeah, I wonder if that might have something to do with uh, having to accept the USA Network for IndyCar. And I think it's interesting to see how NASCAR's push for diversity in their schedule is impacting and will continue to impact IndyCar going forward. You know, a lot of markets that IndyCar had to themselves, uh, they're now having to share with NASCAR. be interesting to see if it has a negative effect on IndyCar. Kerb, is it too early to start complaining about the track service at Texas? Uh, no, and uh, it's not too early to start pushing for some creative solutions. I know we're probably not as smart as we think we are, but it seemed like there's some basic solutions you could try to make there that would uh, improve that situation. Well, I'd like to see all of them tried, uh, including Will Power's suggestion of running running a day of cars on the outside uh, groove just to try and rubber it in a bit who's to say you couldn't take uh you know the short oval package there instead of the super speedway package there or some some yeah, middle ground between i can two. already hear the the calls of pack racing well that's fine but then just give up then i mean i don't know what to tell you well i look i'm there i'll swap texas for almost anything if this if that's if that's going to be the condition of the track i'm there it's an embarrassment that race is an embarrassment this year it was an embarrassment twice. You know, the the only probably answer is is to make that a Goodyear race and put Goodyear <laughs> tires on the cars because that's what works with that compound. I'm just saying, we go to Texas, we strap on some Goodyears. I don't even care if they stencil Firestone over the Goodyear; they they just put on Goodyears. I know it's never been. I mean, that's why they've been described as the problem is that the Goodyear tires and the and the uh, Firestone tires are nothing alike and that, you know, it's just what, what goes with one doesn't go with the other. You hear that all the time. So is Firestone capable, Curb, of making a Goodyear-like tire that would work there? My favorite idea of all and be traded out for Pocono. I think I sent you an email. Pocono's lost one of their uh, NASCAR races, so... Uh, I read that last year uh, they had the two Pocono races on one weekend, and uh, I guess it was a hell of a camping crowd and a really good turnout. So I think I'd rather see a double header with IndyCar and NASCAR at Pocono, uh, both of them racing on the oval, than uh, than what they do there at Indy in in August with the Brickyard. Well, Kerb, I, uh, normally I would dismiss that suggestion out of hand, saying when they left last left Pocono, they made it clear. They thought their track was too dangerous to run in uh, in our current society. Now, the one exception to this might be with the addition of the uh, aero screen that might have made things a little better, which uh, as far as like that argument goes, I mean, it certainly would have made a big uh, difference in the case of Justin Wilson. Um, I don't think it would have made any difference in the case of uh, Robert Wickens. As unfortunate as those uh, incidents were, um, and I was there in 15, it was awful. Um, but uh, they've been racing there for a long time. You know, I, there's not many tracks that haven't had uh, their share of, of tragic incidents one time or another over the years. I don't think I don't think Pocono is any more dangerous than anywhere else. Curb, can I make uh, one more observation about Laguna Seca? Go ahead. 
Kuma Sato and James Hinchcliffe have fallen off the cliff of relevancy in the IndyCar uh, system. Man, I mean, I, I, you just watch these performances and you shake your head, Curb. You just continue to shake your head. And I'm not trying to pile on here. I mean, it very looks very, you know, reading, reading between the lines. Like, Dale Coyne's really close to signing him up. And Sato, I mean. Yeah, and it's like it's almost like he doesn't care what he does the rest of the races. I mean, come on, how can you think you're going to be anywhere close to the front with Sato next year, anywhere but Indy? And I don't understand. Well, I do understand because I, I think you nailed it. I mean, Dale Coyne wants to win a 500, but it's a terrible choice. I think it's a terrible choice. And also, and we talked last uh, week about uh, Meyer Shank and, and kind of having those two oldsters, uh, uh, you know, as a team that's questionable. Um, I mean, I guess if you say your season is complete, if you win the 500, you kind of understand it. I mean, if Coin ends up signing Sato, which, I mean, based on the way he was talking, it would be hard to say he's not. And and, uh, and, 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 and Coin talking at all is so out of character is what I thought was even funnier. <laughs> All right, Carberry, move on to picks. Sure, why not? One race was run. It was won by, can you remember who? Uh, well, I want to say Rossi, but I don't think that's right. That is correct. Is it really? Okay. Yeah. The last That must be the last time uh, an Andretti driver not named Herda won a race. I believe you have the first pick. Well, I can't uh, help but pick Mr. Herta. I'm going to have to agree with you on that. Uh, not a bad, not a bad choice at all. Now, naturally, the normal thing would be for me to say allow, right? But Plow just basically has to start to win the championship. Or near enough, near enough to that, I think, right? So I don't know how motivated he's going to be to go to the front. So I'm going to just scrap Scott Dixon. All right, I'm going to uh, ignore that bait, and I'm going to take Rossi. <laughs> New go. Uh, all right, I'll throw in Foot Carlo with my last pick here. All right. I'm going to go with award. So Will Power goes unloved. How about that? How about the yeah. apples? So we haven't, talked any, we haven't talked about the uh, championship. You got any comments on Palau? Or? I do have comments, but I, I think probably best save for, uh, you know, looking back on the year after uh, after Long Beach. All right. You know. Um, Quite the tease there. Good job. I'll tease, you a, I'll tease you a little bit is that I – by chance listened to one of our older podcasts the other day and you and I were both a little flummoxed over Palau going to Chip Ganassi Racing back when the announcement was made and I don't think we were over critical by the way I just uh, I, or you know but we were just a little bit like what that was kind of a strange choice right the guy has proven himself uh beyond doubt in my mind um I won't get into it too much, but I, I think you and I were both even at the beginning of the year when he was looking good, you know, like, well, this isn't going to last, you know, right. and yeah. 
you know, reminiscent like when Sato sometimes is like leading the, <laughs> you know, the championship towards the beginning of the season. It's like, oh, that's not going to last. Um, yeah. And I think you and I, I think it's fair to say we both kind of put him in that category. And um, I think uh, we were wrong, 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 wrong. No, that's true. Uh, I think we were also commenting on uh, just Ganassi history in general with that car. Um, and he's overcome all those doubts and all that uh, bad history there. So uh, if we're not going to talk about that, let me throw in one more subject. And you can – I thought the announcing on yesterday's race was particularly bad. Did you, any, did you notice that or have any similar thoughts or comments? No, I don't – I don't. I didn't see that. I, I – Again, I think Lee Diffie was getting a little bit hot under the collar, a little bit, you know, you know, blowing it up a little bit too big, you know, towards the end with Grosjean. But, you know, I mean, I've seen him do that before on other things, you know, seems to be what he does. Um, But no, I Townsend was egging them on in the same vein. They were just egging each other on and getting each other more excited. And I just thought they were crazy. Um, But somewhere he had to fit in there that, uh, that uh, Palau went out and got some fried chicken last week after his race because he won the race. And it just it was particularly annoying yesterday. And I, and I hate to say it because Lee Dippy's a very likable guy. And Well, did you notice that they didn't mention uh, Colton Herder was a drummer? Well, that's true. They did. They did calm down on that. They finally, they finally let off that one. So you got to give him some credit, Kerr. Yeah. Okay, you got me there. They did Baby mention steps. he eats tacos, right? I mean, that's, they, uh, they, that, they, that 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 reared its ugly head, and things oft repeated. Um, sure. The drummer thing didn't come up, and uh, you know, so I guess it's going to be Palau's fried chicken for a while, and Herda's uh, tacos. The IndyCar news cycle never stops. Never <laughs> stops and never ceases to amaze with its excitement. Curb, um, I, I for one vote, we cease to amaze with our excitement here. I'm just going to go off on a limb and say this could be the world's worst podcast that we've ever done. Well, every time we say that, you uh, find a way to make some lemonade out of lemons, so I'm sure you'll yeah. do it again. Well, let's uh, let's limit the amount of lemons that from which I need to make lemonade as we've gone on for about an hour here. And um, well, hopefully you can find 20 minutes worth of yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to. I'm really not. I think I'll be searching and I'll, I'll and I'm going to take that finger of blame and, and point it inward curb. I, I think you just I, I think I'm wearing down at the end of the I'm like a tired mechanic. I was just too many races too quickly. All right. Well, tell everybody uh, what our Twitter handle is. Thank you. Thank you for mentioning this. Um, sure. At Hero H I R O IndyCar Twitter account at Hero H I R O IndyCar. Not mentioned in a long time, probably because I haven't seen the the checks coming in. Um, South Street Diner, Boston, Massachusetts. All right, have a good uh, week, everybody. Enjoy the uh, IndyCar finale, and we'll talk to you soon. See you then. Bye.